Please join with me in the prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. A lesson from the New Testament, beginning with the book of Acts, chapter 11, verses 19 through 26. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, and they spoke the word to no one except Jews. But among them were some men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who, on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists also, proclaiming the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number became believers and turned to the Lord. The news of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast devotion. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for an entire year, they associated with the church and taught a great many people. And it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. And then from the book of Acts, chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a member of the court of Herod, the ruler, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Any children who are here to come and join me up front. And if you're worshiping from home, just get a little closer to your screens. We're going to have a little fun this morning. Good morning. Good to see everybody. Hi, Wesley. How are you this morning? Good. Come on up and have a seat. Hi, Meg. Good to see you this morning. Good morning. Oh, my goodness, we have another big group today. So glad to see all of you. Welcome, welcome. Anybody know what these are? Pom-poms, that's right. And why do we use pom-poms? We use them, yeah. For parades and games and races. And this is what we do when we want to cheer, when we want to cheer somebody on. So I might bring these to the next football game I go to and say, go team, yay! I want to encourage the players to play as well as they can. This morning, Mr. Brandt read a story for us about a man named Barnabas. 
And one of his gifts that God gave him was that he was really good at encouraging people, of cheering people on, of helping them know that they were loved by God and God had given them special gifts and to do what they could to spread the love of Jesus in the world. And I'm just so grateful for Barnabas and for people like that who come into my life and say, Carol, you can do it. Carol, God believes in you and I believe in you. Let's go. So next time you're feeling a little discouraged, remember Barnabas and think about friends and parents and teachers in your life who think you're just awesome because you are. And imagine all of them waving pom-poms and saying, go, you can do it. We believe in you. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you so much for people like Barnabas in the Bible who are so good at encouraging and cheering people on. Help us to be encouraging to other people too, to help them feel good about themselves. And we thank you for all the people in our lives who tell us we can do it and who believe in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, if you are three, four, or five, you can go to Children's Church. Ah! I will not be doing a herky, however. <laughs> Would never recover. I was surprised, by the way, no one said War Eagle. I borrowed those from Amy Baxter. I'm non-denominational when it comes to SEC football. Just ACC basketball is another thing, but anyway. Our son, Tate, many of you know, is a senior at Furman this year. Uh, we came to West End when he was a sophomore in high school, and he was always very involved in youth ministry. He loved the youth group at this church and in our previous church. And there were all sorts of experiences and camps and trips that he had that, that really made an impact on his faith, on his understanding of who he was and who God is. One of those was Wilderness Trail, which he did here at West End. So if any of you have children in the youth group or thinking about maybe doing Wilderness Trail next summer, thumbs up. It's, it's an amazing experience. Another experience he had was at our former church. He had an opportunity twice to go to a place called Camp Barnabas. Anybody heard of Camp Barnabas? It's a camp in Missouri that is specifically designed as, as a, a summer camp for children and young adults with special needs. So they might have a week for kids who are on the autism spectrum or a week for kids um, who are blind or have sight impairment. The times that he got to go, it was a more general group. When a youth becomes 16, he or she is able to pair up with a camper. And that was Tate's job. He was paired up with his first year with a young man named Matt, who used a wheelchair, who was nonverbal, uh, Tate said he was very smart, a good sense of humor, and he communicated with gestures and things. But it was Tate's responsibility as that young man's partner for the week for 23 out of 24 hours to be with Matt and to make sure Matt was having the best camp experience he could have, which meant getting Matt to the basketball court or down to the swimming pool or whatever it might be. And it was hard. 
23 out of 24 hours. And there were times in the, in the dorms at night when one of the other kids might have trouble in the middle of the night, and so all the other counselors would help and pitch in, and, and it was exhausting in many ways. One of my favorite pictures from that week, because the camp would send the parents pictures throughout the week, was at the arrival moment, when all the campers arrive at the camp. And you're supposed to, as a volunteer, just be cheering and saying the campers' names and just help them feel so glad that they're there and that you're happy to see them. And when your camper arrives, you're supposed to go all out. And if any of you know Tate, he can go all out with enthusiasm. (laughs) So there is a picture of, of Matt arriving at the camp and Tate going, yeah! And it's just warmed my heart to see that picture. When I went to pick him up at the end of the week, he came off the bus and just gave me a bear hug, and he said, that was the best week of my life. Now again, Tate says that was the best a lot. (laughs) He has a wonderful attitude, but, but he meant it in a deeper way. It was the hardest week of his life and the best week of his life. Because, he said, it got him out of himself. He was so focused on Matt. And his purpose was to help Matt have a good week at camp. And somehow it was a life-giving, life-changing experience for Tate as well. Back then, I didn't think much about the name of the camp. I knew about Barnabas in the book of Acts, but I just didn't think about the story of Barnabas connecting with the mission of that camp. But as I read through the book of Acts again this year... And I thought about all of the players in the early church, Peter and Philip and John and James, the brother of Jesus, and of course, the Apostle Paul. It was Barnabas who drew my attention this year. Barnabas, you see, was not a headliner in the book of Acts. He is, at best, a supporting actor. If you're reading through the book of Acts this week, you might have kind of not even noticed him. His name comes up a few times, but by midway through the book, he's, he's not in the story anymore. But I wanted this morning to lift up Barnabas and the ministry of encouragement that he embodies, that he is willing to support and encourage others. It's not about Barnabas. It's about the mission of the gospel and doing everything he can to encourage those who are new in the faith and those who are in ministry in the faith. So let me tell you a little bit of Barnabas' story in case you, you haven't read it or you skipped over it or you've never heard of him before. The first time we see Barnabas is in the fourth chapter of Acts, in the very early days of the church in Jerusalem. We learn that his name was actually Joseph, He was a Jew born on the island of Cyprus. He ends up somehow living in Jerusalem, and he sells a field and brings the proceeds to lay at the apostles' feet. That was the model of the very earliest church. Those who became part of the church sold their possessions and put them into a pool together to redistribute so that there would be no one in need in the community. And Barnabas jumps right in and does that. We know that the apostles are the ones who rename him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. So already in the early days, he's earned a reputation for being someone who encourages others. 
that word literally means who comes alongside. So he comes alongside and encourages those in the faith. We don't see him again until the ninth chapter of Acts. And that's when the headliner arrives, Saul. You may know Saul's story. He was highly educated Pharisee, a Roman citizen, and a persecutor of the church. He was very zealous to put an end to the Jesus movement. He was dragging, Acts is very clear to say several times, he dragged all Christians, women and men, into prison. It was his mission in life to squash the church. But, as you may know, one day, walking down the road to Damascus, he had a vision of the risen Christ who said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he was converted and became a believer in the risen Christ. And in Damascus, he began preaching about Jesus being the Son of God. And then he comes to Jerusalem, and that's where things get a little rough. Because the leaders of the church in Jerusalem know Saul's reputation. And they cannot believe that he has been converted. They can't believe that he has changed. I can't blame them. Why would you bring someone into your midst who's been dragging your friends and family into prison? It's got to be a trick. He's got to be a spy. And so they don't welcome him. But Barnabas does. Barnabas takes Saul in. And he must have spent time with him and heard his story and heard the story of his conversion. And he recognized the work of the Holy Spirit in Barnabas' life, I mean, in Saul's life. And so Barnabas brings Saul before the leaders of the Jerusalem church. And he tells Saul's story. And he tells them about his vision. And he tells them that he's been preaching the gospel of Jesus all through Damascus. And so because of Barnabas, The brothers in Jerusalem accept Saul as one of their own. So I have to wonder, if it hadn't been for Barnabas, would we have had Saul in the ministry that he was able to pursue? If it hadn't been for Barnabas, would we have all of these letters that the Apostle Paul wrote that are now part of our New Testament? If it hadn't been for Barnabas, would we be the church that we are today? I don't know. The next time we meet Barnabas, he's being sent by the leaders in Jerusalem to Antioch. Word has come back to Jerusalem that there have been people, both Jews and Gentiles, who've been converted to Christianity, who are filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a movement growing there. And so the church sends Barnabas to check it out, make sure that it's still in keeping with what we teach and preach, Make sure that you see the Holy Spirit at work. And so Barnabas goes, and sure enough, he rejoices at all that the Holy Spirit is doing, and he stays with them. And what does he do? He encourages them. He exhorts them and teaches them and cheers them on. And then at some point he realizes there's another set of gifts that is needed in this moment. And he thinks of Saul And so he goes to Saul's hometown in Tarsus, and he goes and gets Saul and brings him to Antioch. And it's the ministry of Barnabas and Saul, and they stay there for over a year, and they teach and preach and encourage and guide. And then in time, the leaders of the Antioch church gather for prayer, and they hear the Holy Spirit saying, send Barnabas and Saul further north 
It's time to spread the gospel further. And so they commission Barnabas and Saul and send them up. And their ministry goes to new areas. And somehow in the next few verses, before the next chapter begins, Barnabas and Saul become Paul and Barnabas. Luke mentions here that Saul is often called Paul. That's his Greek name. But suddenly it's not Barnabas and Saul. It's Paul and Barnabas. And from that moment on, it is Paul who's the headliner. Paul, who's the primary leader and preacher. And somehow, I think Barnabas was okay with that. With that spirit of encouragement, with his ability to recognize the gifts that God had given to Paul. With his total dedication to the spread of the gospel, no matter what. I think Barnabas was okay with that. Now, Barnabas was not a doormat. He was not weak. There was a time later in their ministry when he stood up to Paul. They got into an argument about this young man named John Mark who had traveled with them in some of these early days and at some point had gone home and left the mission. Barnabas and Paul were about to go off on another mission and and Paul said, we're not bringing John Mark. He's a quitter. That's not what it says in the Bible, but you know what I mean. He left us last time, but Barnabas stands up for John Mark and is willing to give him a second chance. He's willing to forgive John Mark, but Paul is not in that moment. And the division became so sharp, the text says, that they parted ways. Paul took Silas and went one way. Barnabas and John Mark went another way. Now, they didn't part with cursing. We find out later in some of the letters of Paul that they are still connected. They still encourage each other and see each other. They were just called in different directions for different reasons. I think we could learn a thing or two about that. And I have to wonder if some of that was due to the spirit of Barnabas. But after that, Barnabas kind of disappears from the pages of the book of Acts. But his ministry is an inspiration inspires me to think about those in my life who've been encouragers to me. And so I want to invite you to to take a minute and think about, think of someone in your life who came alongside you in a season of life. Maybe it was a teacher, a coach, a friend, a parent, an uncle, a grandmother, and walked with you to encourage you in your faith to encourage you in your ministry, who saw God's gift in you, maybe when no one else did. And if that person is still around, take a few minutes this week and write them a note and say thank you. And think about how your life might have been different if they hadn't come alongside you for a season. The example of Barnabas encourages me and encourages all of us to be encouragers to participate in the ministry of encouragement within the church and beyond the church, to recognize the gifts that God has given to others and highlight them and cheer them on. It's so easy in our day to be a critic, to just look at another person or at things that are happening and and know what's going wrong and to criticize. 
So this is an invitation to me and to all of us when we recognize that critical spirit coming up within us to set it aside and ask, how might I instead encourage and cheer on for the sake of the ministry, for the sake of the well-being of the other, and for the sake of the love and unconditional grace of Jesus Christ growing in another person and growing in the world. Yeah, Tate came home from that week at Camp Barnabas and said that was the best week of my life. It reminds me of what Jesus said, those who give their life away will find it. Barnabas willingly gave his life, gave his possessions, gave his encouragement, gave his ego away. And because of him, the message of Jesus Christ spread further than any could have expected or dreamed. Thanks be to God.